Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the corn harvest. And up first in today's country comment, Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing will join us with a hog market update. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing Services to give us a hog market update, starting with forward hog contract prices. They've held up reasonably well. We've seen some pressure on the nearby um, the nearby time frame, um, just related to you know cash market weak- weakness. Um, it's pretty typical that at uh, at this time of year we start to see some pressure um, coming from heavier supplies. And so the forward prices have kind of reflected the fact that, um, you know, that we're moving into that heavy supply time frame. Um, the reality is, you know, we've, we've probably on, on the uh, November and December contracts, we've lost about, you know, $15 over the last three weeks or so, um, which is, you know, it takes us actually back down to some of the lowest levels that we've seen in, in this nearby time frame. But looking further out, um, I think there's still pretty good reason for optimism. Um, you know, the, the summer months of next year look, you know, still very, very good and, uh, and, and profitable at, at uh, forward prices that would, be, that would exceed easily $200 a, a pig. The U.S. cash markets, the trend remains lower there? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, pushing lower for sure. The... Um, the segment of hogs in the U.S. that are not committed to uh, to any particular packer are really taking a beating. Um, it, it's evidence of the fact that packers are not having any trouble kind of meeting their their kill requirements, and so they tend to discount those pigs that um, that you know that they don't have on a longer term contract. Um, so that's really you know to the degree that that influences. The Canadian price, um, it's, it's drawing it down. On the flip side, we've still got um, pork cutout values, which um, get worked into the formula here in Western Canada um, in a lot of different places that, um, that are holding up pretty well. Um, we, 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 you know, we're, there's a sign that we're probably looking at a little bit of weakness um, with ham prices coming under some pressure. But, uh, you know, but we actually still see a fair amount of support coming from the aggregate value of all the, all the wholesale cuts that, that packers sell. Talk a little bit about um, last week's uh, cold storage report and, and just some of the inventory levels there. You know, it's, uh, it, it tends to, um, I, I think that we're still dealing with pretty significant supply chain issues. Um, it doesn't really matter what uh, what commodity you're talking about. We've got um, we, we've got concerns over uh, over labor, over trucking, over um, and, and inventory levels. And and because there's been such an upheaval of the normal marketing chains, um, you know what at one point would have been a reasonable. Uh, a reasonable amount of inventory to kind of meet demand uh, in another, you know, in, in, an, in a different situation, um, it really appears like we're well short. So 
it's uh i think it it tends to be um something that the market puts a a bit of a risk premium on uh right now um but you know we shouldn't be running into any kind of supply issues uh given the time of year that we're looking at that was Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services giving us a hog market update. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Quebec MP Marie-Claude Bebo has been reappointed as Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced his cabinet this morning. Bebo became the country's first female egg minister when she took over the role back in 2019. Also of note, Quebec MP Stephen Gilbeau will assume the role of Environment and Climate Change Minister, while Ontario MP Mary Ng remains as Minister of International Trade, Export Promotion, Small Business and Economic Development. There's been word that fertilizer is in short supply in some areas of the province. John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture says getting a soil test done is the best way to determine fertilizer needs heading into next year. I know that a lot of people are soil testing because I know those people that are in the business, and there's been a lot of demand for that service. One reason it's really pertinent to do this here is that in areas where we've had drought-affected, lower yields, there seems to be a considerable amount of nitrate, nitrogen, that's still there and available and should still be accessible for next year's use. So that's certainly part of the inventory we need to take into account when we're looking for fertilizer or designing our fertility program for next year. Heard says it's important for farmers to communicate fertilizer requirements with their local retailer. Harvest continues on the province's remaining cornfields. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Definitely made good progress, I think, in the last week. Guys were traveling really easily over the field last weekend even. So that's, I think, big progress and helps a lot. You know, it's not dry. There's still some high-testing corn out there, but I think that it's going relatively smoothly and just the cooler weather is probably delaying um, drying just a little little bit or taking just that little bit longer, which is probably the biggest setback for anybody, which is pretty minor. Cod says harvest also continues on the few remaining sunflower fields. And researchers at the University of Manitoba have shared the results from the 2020 Prairie Cover Crop Survey. Here's graduate student Callum Morrison. I'd say some of the most interesting results is the fact that uh, we have we, we now have proof that there is uh, quite a number of farmers growing cover crops in all regions of the prairie. So that kind of dispels some of the myths that um, it's impossible in uh, many of these regions. In total, the survey collected responses from 281 early adopters who grew a cover crop in 2020. These farms, which were from every major agricultural region of the prairies, grew over 102,000 acres of cover crops. Of the respondents, 31% were from Alberta, 32% from Saskatchewan, and 37% from Manitoba. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, October 26th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Corporal Sean Milney with the Alberta RCMP will join us to talk about an online scam revolving around hay delivery. Police are warning of a scam involving hay in rural and agricultural communities across the prairies. Due to the extreme drought conditions seen this past summer, hay has been in high demand, causing it to be sold at an increased cost. Corporal Sean Milney with the Alberta RCMP Provincial Financial Crime Team explained the situation to Golden West Jessica Dizel. This is something that's been going on for longer than uh for a long, very long-term period, um, Saskatchewan RCMP re- put out a release earlier in the summer 
um, that hit a lot of the, the major agricultural publications. Um, but we've been seeing it still ongoing since then. Um, we're aware of uh, multiple instances in Alberta. And through our investigations, we've also linked up the instances in Alberta with files from Saskatchewan and Manitoba and British Columbia as well. Um, so they're, they're going on the entire Western Canada uh, with this. And since, uh, since the summer has been pretty, uh, pretty rough on uh, feed crops, I know there's a lot of ranchers and other people who own livestock looking to supply, secure supplies for the winter, and so they're taking advantage of that. And um, one thing that has stood out uh, that uh, multiple complainants have mentioned is that the people who uh, they speak to when they respond to the ads, they know their stuff. Um, they're, they're actually able to talk about the mix of, of materials in the hay um, and how it makes a more ideal feed than, than other, other ones would. So they're not coming from a place of ignorance about what farmers are looking for, um, it's a, and that allows them to kind of tailor and, and, and talk the talk. And so people are more prone to, I guess, trusting them or, or uh, thinking that they're legitimate. I know one of the things in the release was that people, the scammers usually don't want to even be in an on, uh, like a phone call conversation. So if you actually get on the phone and you're with somebody that knows their stuff like that, how, what are the ways to tell um, that this person is not legit? It's difficult to tell just by uh, the conversation. Um, there, there are some kind of more difficult to, to manage ways that you can back check these kinds of things. The one we push out the most is that with with hay scams and with all online sales scams, there's never the goal of the scammer is never to get all the money up front because nobody's going to pay for a product unseen entirely up front. But if the scammer creates a sense of urgency that um, it's a really good offer and somebody else is also interested, especially in the case of hay where there's already a known shortage and people are, are really need it, then they can elicit a deposit out of people. And that's the deposit is where they take their their proceeds of the offense. As soon as they can wrench as much prof, uh, pro, um, deposit out of the people as they can't think they can, they'll just let it drop. And so the best way to avoid it entirely is to not pay deposits on something that you haven't seen. Um, and this goes for everything from like rental properties or like online sales of vehicles or animals or hay. Um, if, you, if you haven't had a chance to see it or actually like lay eyes on the person selling it, be very cautious about sending any money in advance. In a lot of cases, they actually offer delivery too. Uh, and, so, and so they say, yeah, we'll have a drop by your place by X date, and the, the victim doesn't realize they've been victimized until no hay shows up. So that they, they do have that way of getting around having to explain a location that the buyer can come to if they're offering to bring it to the buyer. Our investigation so far does indicate that this is, does have some connections to organized crime. And so, yeah, these aren't amateurs doing this. It's, it's something of a well-oiled machine they have in place here. Wow. So has anybody been caught or, like, charged with anything in regards to this yet? Um, we do have investigations ongoing um, with people of, of interest. Um, there are some international aspects to how the money has been moving. Um, so some of the bad guys... Are, it looks like they may be overseas, uh, so that makes it much more complicated, but uh, it, we do have viable investigations underway on it. So when would you say that get the, this started to really become a main concern for Albertans? For hay specifically, I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat seasonal. Uh, the, the ones we've been tracking are back to July. Um, there were probably some that occurred before that. It's, uh, it's subject to how much reporting is actually done. Um, 
the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center has statistics that indicate maybe about 5% of fraud actually gets reported to authorities. And we tend to think that's also the case with this kind of thing. And so the number of cases that may have happened before we became aware of it being a pattern, we can't really, we can't really put our finger on at this point. Um, but I would say it's probably been ongoing for the season. Uh, with the knowledge they have of people's need for hay, they, they've been kind of taking advantage of it, of the seasonal demand. Where is this um, a biggest problem in Alberta? It's, it does tend to, most, more of our reports generate from the southern portion of Alberta. Um, southern Alberta was hit more by the heat dome over the summer, and so I think crops take it, took a bigger hit there than they did in other parts. Um, but that being said, we have files from, from uh, across the province. We got files from Grand Prairie, uh, we got files from Coaldale, and everywhere in between. So uh, there's, there's no area that you can go on an online sales platform and not run the risk of encountering one of these, these fake ads. Um, but the ones that we've seen most prevalent kind of uh, tend towards more to the south of the province. Do you have an idea of how many people have been scammed in Alberta so far? We have 12 active investigations right now, um, and, I, and I emphasize them with the word active um, because, like I say, many people don't report, and so as we kind of dig into those and find out where uh, a victim who did report, find out where their money went, we identify other people who sent money to the same place but didn't file a police report. Um, so they are, that number is subject to growing as the investigation unfolds, but that's the number we're ballpark looking at right now. That was Corporal Sean Milney with the Alberta RCMP Provincial Financial Crime Team chatting with Golden West Jessica Dizel about an online scam revolving around hay delivery. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba beef producers' fall district meetings are on now. Go to their website for details. Manitoba Pork is hosting its fall producer meetings virtually today and tomorrow. To register, email info at manitobapork.com. Manitoba Egg X, the province's largest all-breeds cattle show, gets underway tomorrow at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. And Canada's Outdoor Farm Show is hosting an online event November 10th entitled What a Year, a Celebration of Egg Innovation. Check it out at OutdoorFarmShow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Farmers are finishing up with the last few remaining cornfields. We got an update from Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. We've definitely made good progress, I think, in the last week. Guys were traveling really easily over the field um, last weekend even. So that's, I think, big progress and helps a lot. Um, and it's you know, it's not dry. There's still some high-testing corn out there, but I think that it's going relatively smoothly. Just the cooler weather is probably delaying um, drying just a little little bit or taking just that little bit longer, which is probably the biggest setback for anybody, which is pretty minor. What impact is the frost having? I think it's just making drying a little bit more difficult and maybe chopping is is just a little bit tougher, but I, I really haven't been hearing too much about any concerns or um, issues with equipment or, or drying or anything. So yeah, these heavy frosts that are lasting in the morning, I, I'm, I'm guessing are slowing guys down a bit, but I, I don't see it making a huge impact that I know of. And, uh, you know, as far as yields, um, any, anything new on that front or? 
No, you know what? Right now I'm just hearing of guys that have high yields, so (laughs) that's a good thing. I'm not hearing the negatives right now, but of course that doesn't mean anything. Those fields might just be done already, too. So um, there are some higher points um, across the province in different areas, so our average might not be too bad this year. And sunflowers, that's uh, moving along as well? Yeah, there's not too much left. Um, I have seen a few standing acres um, just on my travels, but I think that might be guys that are trying to get their corn off first at this point that are leaving their sunflowers for later. That was Morgan Cott, agronomy extension specialist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is congratulating Marie-Claude Bebo on her reappointment as Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food. In a news release, the group says it looks forward to working once again with Minister Bebo on helping Canadian agriculture meet its potential, which has been outlined in the Barton Report from the Agri-Food Economic Strategy Table. The CFA will seek a meeting with Minister Bebo to discuss Canadian farmers' priorities at her earliest convenience. Farmers are plugging away at the grain corn harvest. Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance talked about the impact of the overnight frosts. I think it's just making drying a little bit more difficult and maybe chopping is is just a little bit tougher, but I, I really haven't been hearing too much about any concerns or um, issues with equipment or, or drying or anything. So, yeah, these heavy frosts that are lasting in the morning, I'm guessing are slowing guys down a bit, but I, I don't see it making a huge impact. Cott says harvest also continues on the few remaining sunflower fields. With possible fertilizer shortages in some areas, farmers are encouraged to discuss their requirements with the local retailers. John Hurd is a soil fertility specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. When you have your soil test and an idea on what crop and yield potential hoping you're planting for, communicate those needs. The, the local retailer is going to be pretty important to source those nutrients that you need and, and maybe provide uh, access. And I guess something else we, we spoke about is that the ability to take possession with on-farm storage, an increasing amount of on-farm storage for fertilizer these days, And so that may provide some flexibility if we have uh, some uh, winter filling. He notes it's important for farmers to plan to apply nutrients as efficiently as possible. And a new survey by researchers at the University of Manitoba suggests that cover crops are becoming established in the prairies and can be grown in a wide range of locations and environments. Here's graduate student Callum Morrison. I think some of the major findings is that um, the majority of these farmers that responded told us that uh, they've seen benefits. So over 70% of farmers said that they've seen benefits from growing cover crops within the first three years. In total, the survey collected responses from 281 early adopters who grew a cover crop in 2020. These farms, which were from every major agricultural region of the prairies, grew over 102,000 acres of cover crops. Of the respondents, 31% were from Alberta, 32% from Saskatchewan, and 37% from Manitoba. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details from Manitoba AgX. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.